Good morning. I'd like to start out by acknowledging that our Lord is the sovereign king of the universe. And though our plans are subject to uh, circumstances, his plans prevail. We'd like to meet in person, but we can't. So we can still worship him, love him, and hear from his word. And so today I'd like to talk about the normal Christian life, uh, the life lived in the in and by the Holy Spirit. Uh, I would like to talk about some of the key ministries of the Holy Spirit. Well, we um, several years ago lived in Prescott, Arizona. We lived at the foot of Granite Mountain. It was a beautiful, rugged mountain area with um, seemingly endless hiking trails. And one Saturday, the uh, wrestling team at the college where I taught went for a long training run on one of these trails. And uh, the wrestlers became spread out, and one of them at some point got off onto another trail. And uh, unbeknownst to him and the other team members, uh, he got lost when the, the team met up one by one at the uh, trailhead where they'd begun. Uh, they realized one guy's not coming back, and they waited, and they waited, and they circled back on the trail to look for him. But uh, uh, after quite a bit of time, they, they just had to call for help. Meanwhile, the lost wrestler was trying to find his way back, but he couldn't figure it out. Nothing looked familiar. He was wandering alone in, in the wilderness. Uh, he was disoriented. He didn't know where he was. He didn't have water. He had run out. He called to his teammates, but uh, he was so far from them, they couldn't hear him. And this wrestler, who was normally this self-confident, cocky athlete, became scared. I, I don't know if you've ever been lost in the mountains, but it can be a scary experience. Chris and I were hiking that day, and as, as we began our hike, we noticed the uh, backcountry back search and rescue team escorting this wrestler out. Uh, this this highly confident, self-assured athlete looked very weak and timid. Uh, apparently, he'd been lost for about six hours. And uh, worse, uh, he didn't realize this, but as he began uh, growing weaker and, and more scared, he was being stalked by a very large cougar. Now, I think as Christians... We can sometimes feel like we are wandering alone in the wilderness, trying to find our own way, doing it on our own. We're, we're prone to living uh, weak Christian lives uh, with, with our inner resources tapped out. We can even live as uh, functional atheists, living day to day as if God does not exist. Living for the day, living for the moment, out of fellowship with the one who gave his life for us out of touch with the Holy Spirit who was sent by the Father to, to come alongside us and be our advocate. Though he's been given to us, we can live our lives unaware of his presence. Charles Spurgeon said, Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. Whereas ships without the wind, branches without sap, and like coals without fire, we're, we're useless. Well, living like this is not the normal Christian life that God has established for us. It's, uh, you know, it might be the typical Christian life, but it's not the normal Christian life. So the question is, how do you live the normal Christian life? So today we're going to look at God's plan for victorious Christian living, which is relying and yielding to the Holy Spirit. 
Let's begin by examining some of the key things that Jesus told his disciples about the coming Holy Spirit. Turn with me to John chapter 14, where Jesus is telling his disciples that he's going he's gonna to be leaving them soon, but it's going to be to their advantage that he's going to send to them this Holy Spirit. Read with me, John 14, 15 through 18. Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So our first point is that we live the normal Christian life by relying on the indwelling Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. Jesus said that he'll be with us forever because we have the Holy Spirit. We know that Jesus is alive and that he's present with us. This is really amazing. If we've been adopted into the family of God if we've trusted in Jesus and believed and and received him to uh, be our our Lord and Savior. We know that he's with us. The Holy Spirit indwells us. Amazing. We don't need a a building or, or a temple to meet with God. We can we can close the the church building but we are the church. We can't <laughs> shut down the, the church. Uh, in, in the Old Testament, where did God meet with his people? It, it was centered around uh, first the tabernacle and then the temple. That's where God met with his people. Jesus, though, says that the Holy Spirit is in us. And later, Paul, the Apostle Paul, will write about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's in us individually and also corporately, as Paul later tells us, the, the church, which is God's people, is God's temple. We don't have to go somewhere to find God. And so the implication is clear. Through the Holy Spirit, we're constantly in God's presence. Chris and I knew this um, couple, I guess you'd consider them uh charismatic. Uh, they, they were in our church in Montana, and they would they would frequently travel to places where they thought they needed to uh, see the Holy Spirit uh, moving. Uh, they wanted to experience the, the latest thing that the Spirit is doing. Uh, they, they had traveled to Toronto to experience the Toronto blessing. They went to Kansas City to uh, see the Kansas City prophets. They went to the Lakeland Revival in Florida. They went to Redding, California, because they heard there was this tremendous outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But what they didn't realize was they did not need to go on Holy Spirit pilgrimages. The Holy Spirit is working in the lives of Christians everywhere and and in the churches where they already lived. Jesus called the indwelling Holy Spirit our helper. In the original language, this this word translated helper is parakletos. And you may have heard the term paraclete used for the Holy Spirit. The the words variously translated as comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, and advocate. A parakletos is one who is called to someone's aid, one who appears in another's behalf, a mediator, an, an intercessor, a helper. 
So this, this word carries a very uh, wide range of meaning. And Jesus uses this very same word, or excuse me, John uses this very same word to refer to Jesus Christ himself in 1 John 2.1. He says, My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. That's that word parakletos. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Jesus said the Father would give his disciples another advocate. Jesus had been at his disciples' side, but he's going away, and he's not leaving them alone. He's sending another paraclete. The Holy Spirit is essential for a proper relationship with God. Jesus was called Emmanuel, God with us. To the disciples, he was God with us. And so also was the Holy Spirit after Jesus ascended to heaven. The Holy Spirit came on Pentecost and the church was born. And the same Holy Spirit is God with us today. The Holy Spirit is, is Jesus with us. So we can know and we can, we can rest in the fact that we're not alone in suffering or, or in hardship. We're not alone if we feel like we're the only one who's doing the right thing. We're not alone because we have an advocate. Uh, when we lose our jobs, we, we have a helper if our marriage is under stress. We have a counselor to help figure out how to parent our children. We have someone at our side who's, uh, or, or who's at our side when we're uh, struggling with anxiety. We, we have a comforter to help us when we're dealing with illness. You know, Jesus could have, when he was preparing to leave, he could have told his disciples, I've spent three years with you guys. I've taught you about the kingdom of God. I've taught you about my plan to redeem a fallen world. I'm about to leave, so use this training I've given you and, and carry out my mission. You can do it. But he didn't do that. He knew that they were going to need continuous training. And that brings us to our second point. Live the normal Christian life by relying on the indwelling spirit to teach you. Turn with me to John 16, 13 through 15, where he talks about this teaching ministry of the Holy Spirit. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is not independent of Jesus, just as Jesus is not independent of the Father. The Holy Spirit speaks of Christ the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus Christ. And any talk of the Holy Spirit which doesn't lift Jesus up and glorify him is incomplete. It's, it's missing the mark. The, the Spirit of truth leads us to the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And anything that we think is the work of the Holy Spirit that does not glorify Christ uh, is, is counterfeit. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's not the truth. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will lead you into truth. He, he called him the Spirit of truth. 
he obviously did with the apostles, using them and, and inspiring them to write the Holy Scriptures, the New Testament uh, Scripture. The same Spirit who inspired the Scripture helps us to understand the Scripture. He illuminates it. Paul, the Apostle Paul later tells us that uh, we can only understand the Scripture through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see and to understand God's Word. Uh, the, the world may see the Bible as one of the great works, perhaps uh, as a literary masterpiece. I, I took a class in high school, I remember. It was called The Bible as Literature. This uh, teacher who taught this class uh, was an atheist. He, he admired many things about the Bible. He thought it was a pretty good book, but, you know, he considered Jesus as merely a, a morally wise person. Uh, he considered the, the narrative of the New Testament uh, to be a hodgepodge of myth and legend. What the world sees is foolishness is the truth from the Spirit. With the Spirit's guidance, we know that it's the word of life and that, that Jesus is the giver of life. In John 14, 25, Jesus further tells his disciple, these things I've spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things I've said to you. This is true for us. The Holy Spirit will give us recall of his word. Uh, Jesus told his disciples that the Holy Spirit would bring to their remembrance all he said to them. And we can thank the Holy Spirit for the way the Gospels are able to give us Jesus' words. The Holy Spirit did do that in the disciples. How about when Jesus taught the disciples after his, after his resurrection about how the Old Testament scriptures beginning with Moses and the prophets spoke of him. This is on the road to Emmaus, if you remember that story. I'm sure the Holy Spirit kept teaching, kept that teaching fresh in their memory. Uh, just as the Holy Spirit brought to their remembrance the things he said, I believe he does the same for us reminding us of scripture that we've read or heard and gives it to us right at the appropriate time when we need it. I know there have been so many times when I've been talking to people and, and verses that I didn't even know I had memorized came to mind just when they were needed. We need to take advantage of the Holy Spirit's instruction. We need to draw on the Holy Spirit when we're tempted. We need to listen to his conviction, allow him to bring verses into, into our remembrance as we need them. You know, this, this bears out the importance of, of reading and learning and studying and understanding and, and memorizing this, the, the Bible. Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit's teaching ministry to the world in John 16, 8. He says, when he comes... He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So the Holy Spirit is, is alive and active on earth, working on unbelievers. People don't receive Christ on their own. It's through the conviction of the Holy Spirit and, and through hearing God's word. And the Holy Spirit also works on us, convicting us as well. Uh, that's that's one of the reasons 
That's one of the ways the Holy Spirit teaches us by convicting us. Uh, certainly, the Holy Spirit's conviction also applies uh, to the saints. Uh, though there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, there is conviction when we sin. Have you ever spoken to someone in anger and, and felt that conviction? A conviction that says, uh, I shouldn't have done that. I need to apologize. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit tug at your conscience like that? I believe that that is part of the teaching ministry of, of the Spirit. He convicts us by reminding us of scriptural truths that we've, we've read or heard, and, and we need to listen to him. I'll give you an example from my own life. A few years ago, I had a faucet, an outdoor faucet that was leaking. It, it was not a, a drip, drip kind of leak. It was a stream of water that was soaking the ground kind of leak. And, you know, it started out as a slow drip, but it was so bad this, this one particular Saturday that I had to turn the water main off. And, uh, you know, it kind of irritated me because I had this, uh, this theology paper that I needed to get written that day. But so I, I, I took the faucet apart. I went to the manufacturer's website and figured out exactly what I needed. According to the site's troubleshooting guide, I needed a new stem as this piece was called. And so I took the stem into Home Depot to get a new one. And there was this guy in the plumbing department named Donald. And I asked him, are you the plumbing guy? And he said, no, but I should be able to help you. And I told him I needed a stem, I, just like this one that I had brought in. And he said, I think you need to replace this, this washer at the end of the stem. And he reached up and, and pulled down this package. And uh, I was getting frustrated. Uh, I said, you know, can, can you get me someone who really knows plumbing? Uh, get, can, is there a plumbing expert here? And so he very patiently went and found this other guy who came up and, and asked me what I needed. And I told him, well, I need to replace this stem. Do you have one? He said, well, we don't, we don't have one like that, but I think all you need to do is replace this washer at the end of the stem. And I said, well, I don't think so, but... Uh, Okay, I'll buy the washer, thanks. Uh, you know, I, I, I expected that I would be coming back, but I thought, well, I'll try. And guess what? I was wrong. The, the washer fixed the problem. And so I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit at that very moment uh, for my pride. I, uh, I felt I really needed to work on that theology paper, but I'd insulted Donald. And, and I believe it was the Holy Spirit who convicted me. Uh, not in an audible voice, but just in my thoughts, he said, your theology is worthless if you cannot take the time to drive back to Home Depot and apologize to Donald. And so that's what I did. I, I drove back to Home Depot and I found Donald. And I told him the washer had fixed my problem. I was wrong. And I thanked him. And I apologized for being such a jerk. I told him, you see, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And I, I told him about Jesus' teaching and how I wanted to live in a way that honored Jesus. I want to be like him. And it ends up that Donald just smiled and let me know he was a believer too. And he was really blessed by this display of humility, which was a result of the Holy Spirit's conviction. You know, the Holy Spirit's teaching is, is meant to train us and equip us, uh, not just so that we'll simply be well-equipped, Bible-literate, spiritually intelligent people. He equips us for service. He not only equips us, but he empowers us. Let's look at what Jesus told his disciples in the first chapter of Acts. 
right before he left them, uh, Acts 1, 4 through 8. We read, and while he was staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not too many days from now. And so when they'd come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's our third point. We live the normal, normal Christian life by relying on the indwelling Holy Spirit to teach us and to empower us. So we're saved to serve. Jesus had a mission for his disciples, and he has a mission for us. to It's to be his witnesses. He didn't rally his disciples with a pep talk. He simply told them what was going to happen. He said, the Spirit's going to come, and you're going to be my witnesses. These disciples faced a, a hostile world. They were, they were going to spread the gospel and make disciples and turn the world upside down. That's exactly what they did through the Holy Spirit. Thankful, thankfully, Jesus didn't tell them to do it on their own. In fact, he doesn't want us to do it on our own. The Holy Spirit's power is not the same as our own power. It's, it's supernatural. It comes from the presence, the very presence of God through his spirit. A.W. Tozer said, Even in our Christian circles, we're prone to depend upon techniques and methods and the work that Christ has given us to do. Without a complete dependence on the Holy Spirit, though, we can only fail. If we've been, mis if we've been misled to believe that we can do Christ's work ourselves, it'll never be done. The Holy Spirit will empower us for service if we yield to him and rely on him. We won't always be privy to God's timing, but, but he'll give us power to trust him. The disciples on their own wanted to restore God's kingdom on earth. They wanted it right then. But this was not Jesus' immediate concern. He pretty much told them, cool your jets, guys. It's not time yet. Don't worry about it. We need to rely on the Spirit of God to trust us or to help us to trust God when we think things are not happening on our own timeline. Uh, we'll be empowered to be Jesus Christ's witnesses. Uh, this is exactly what Jesus told them in this sequence. He said, number one, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Two, the Holy Spirit's going to empower you. Three, you're going to be my witnesses. You'll be able to leave your comfort zone. He'll, he'll guide you in sharing the gospel with the lost, no matter the circumstances. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be empowered by the presence of God through us and in us through the Holy Spirit. We cannot live the normal Christian life on our own. We don't have the resources on our own, but God does. And it's by God's presence in us through the Holy Spirit that we can overcome temptation. It's through him we can defeat the enemy who'd love to see us fail. It's through him that we can fulfill his mission for us to be, wit to be his witnesses everywhere, starting here, working out to the, uh, the ends of the earth. Well, let me wrap it up here. The normal Christian life is the life that 
relies on the indwelling Holy Spirit to teach and empower. Scriptures talk a lot about this. We're, we're told in the scriptures elsewhere to walk in the Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. God's Holy Spirit is essential if we're going to live the normal Christian life. So, again, live the normal Christian life by relying on the indwelling Holy Spirit to teach you and empower you. Sometimes we live as if God doesn't exist, for forgetting that Christ is with us through the Holy Spirit. He's with us and he's in us. He's not left us alone. And so we need to consciously dwell in his presence through the Holy Spirit. It is the indwelling Holy Spirit who teaches us, and leads us into all truth, convicting us, helping us to understand the scriptures bringing to mind what we've read and heard and, and learned from God's Word. It's the indwelling Holy Spirit who empowers us for service. We need to take advantage of that power that He gives us as we yield to Him. We don't have to wander alone in the wilderness as we're being stalked by the enemy who prowls like a lion, seeking whom he may devour, as Peter says. We have a helper. We have an advocate who's with us and in us and who will instruct us and empower us. So let's consciously dwell in God's presence through the Holy Spirit and in every context of our lives. Let's rely on him for strength and, and the knowledge of God. Let's pray. Um, Lord, we just acknowledge that uh, it, is, it is you who we need. We cannot live the Christian life on our own, through our own resources, our own cleverness, our own ingenuity, our own power, Lord, but we need you. We need to walk in your spirit, to live in your spirit, Lord, to rely on your spirit who dwells in us to uh, teach us and empower us. Help us, Lord, as we... Uh, go out this week and uh, give us opportunities, Lord, to uh, show your love to a, a lost and dying world. Lord, give us the words to speak. Give us the boldness and the confidence, Lord, to be your witnesses. And we thank you, Lord, and, and we trust you in the name of Jesus. Amen.